Hey firecrackers, it's Naomi and welcome to the firecracker department. How's everybody doing out there? How's your creative juices going? How's your self-isolation time? I have to tell you that uh, I'm up and down. I mean, I'm only human. A lot of people think that I'm this never-ending source of positivity and I think I'm pretty positive. I think I choose the glass that's half full most of the time. But I have my days, just so you know, I'm only human. I have my days that I eat a full, full bowl of popcorn, refill it twice, and watch a bunch of episodes of The Office, because that's what has to be done that day. I do see this time as a challenge. I have to say, I'm enjoying the challenge of what it's doing to my creative mind. And sort of, you know, the, the word pivot gets used a lot, but pivoting and seeing what else I can do as opposed to what I can't do. So I hope that you're finding in your path things that you can do, or maybe that this time is actually unlocking a door that you didn't even know you had within you. Uh, I would love to hear all about it because I think the more we share these stories, the more we're inspired and then the more we're going to take creative action because of it. So please share your stories about what you're learning and the discovering along the way in this, in this wild time in the world at Firecracker, D-E-P-T, Instagram, Twitter, or even email me, firecrackerdepartment at gmail.com. Now, I am excited. I mean, I'm always excited because we have just the best guests on this show. Our guest this week is a beautiful, beautiful woman inside and out that I have been so lucky to work with. It's Sydney Poitier Hartsong. And you'll know Sydney from her role on Carter. You'll know her from Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof, Chicago PD, Veronica Mars, being one of the two famous Sydney Poitiers. Her father is also named Sydney Poitier. And so many more. I just adore her. I worked with her on CTV's Carter with Jerry O'Connell. And uh, I couldn't wait to speak to her again. And actually, we were supposed to speak months ago. And then everything got all jumbled up because of COVID. So this was actually my very first Zoom call. I didn't want to, originally I, people have asked me if I would do um, interviews on Zoom and I was like, oh, I just so love sitting with people and like kicking our shoes off and just hang out with people. But because of where we are, I'm like, I still want to be able to do podcasts. So that's what we did. So this is my very first Zoom interview and I think it went really well. So I just can't wait to share it with you. Um, she's doing well. She's in Los Angeles with her family and you'll hear all about it in this interview. You'll hear about how she's doing with remote schooling and Zoom Zumba. Yeah, note to self, Zoom Zumba. I mean, when I spoke to Sydney about Zumba, I have to tell you that I was inspired and I was like, I'm going to do a Zumba class. Uh, I went online. Uh, just a little bit of a heads up. If you go to YouTube, there's um, a gal who's hosting amazing, like really great workouts, but her name is Zumba. She's fierce. Not the Zumba I meant to, but still a good workout if you're looking for it. In this interview, we're going to talk about sticking up for yourself. We're going to talk about firecrackers in her life, growing up in Hollywood, auditioning, writing, directing. I could have talked to her for hours. And I know I say that all the time, but it's the truth. These folks are so interesting. That's why we do the spark follow up on Instagram once a month, because I want to find out what they're doing and I miss them. I feel like we spend these like amazing hours together and then I, I don't get to see them as much as I sure would like to. I am big time grateful for Sydney Poitier Hartsong for spending this time with me. Without further ado, here is Sydney Poitier Hartsong. Oh, it's nice to see you. Good to see you too. I was fully ready to be like, it's too late. You've just spent a day like homeschooling and being a mom and it's just so exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. Buddy. I know. It's like I, teachers seriously don't get paid enough money. No. It's insane. No. I, um, I know. I had like a heaviness a couple days ago, like feeling for... Like there's part of me that thinks that it must be on some level really a beautiful bonding experience for oh it right? definitely of course is. yeah for sure and yeah. then I think about kids that are in homes that aren't great yeah and that really weighs on my heartbreaking heart you know? yeah. I know it's terrifying to think about really because yeah. a lot of those kids get a lot of um what they need from home they get it at school yeah. Hopefully, not always even, but you know, or like just safety, like of being looked at 
every day. Yeah, totally. So, I don't know. And, I have and, to invest in head too. You know, yeah. Those kids rely on school for meals. I don't even know. I have to investigate that because I have been thinking about that a lot. And yeah. Yeah. How are you doing? It's so nice to see you though. I know. I'm doing good under the circumstances. Yeah. Well, you know, we're healthy and we're here and we have food in our fridge and like we can't really complain, you know? Yeah. It's it's wild. It's just a wild time to be alive. Like we'll reflect back and just be like, remember when we lived through that the COVID, like it's such a weird thing to reflect on already, but I know, you know, I just didn't think, I didn't think we'd live through something like this. Yeah, I know. No, I didn't either. I don't think any of us did really. I mean, I think we were very lucky to have very um, sort of cushy upbringings in terms of what the world stage was like, you know, we've just never had a crisis of this magnitude before in our lifetime. Yeah. You just sort of, you just don't think it, you just don't think it's going to happen, you know? And you've got like the people in charge are, are going to prevent it or certainly like be really on top of it. Yeah. Um, I know I had this false sense of security. Yeah. Although like my, my parents both lived through wars. So I, I don't, and I said to Matthew that I was like, I've always had in my head that it's someday we will have to escape, which oh, is a, like a really ridiculous thing for a Canadian to have at all. But I was like, this is the first time that that kind of came true because we were living, well, we were, we're in Los Angeles now. And there was a moment that we were like, do we need to leave tomorrow morning? And yeah. it's like, what would you take? And how, and uh, wow. we, we ended up staying, but it did have that level of. And why did you guys decide to stay? Out of curiosity. You know, we just, A, like, this, it feels like our home here. Like, this feels yeah. like our community. And we're just better set up. Like, we don't have anywhere to live in Canada. We'd have to sort of figure out renting a place yeah that's like a whole thing but i do feel like canada's dealing with this far better than we are well i was emailing with um my um it's my step grandfather's cousin and she lives in there and i think they're in edmonton yeah they're in edmonton that's where matt's from oh how cute Yeah. yeah so my grandparents are also from there and um and she was saying that well, when I was emailing with her, they were on like complete lockdown even before we were, and they only had 39 cases. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably how it should work. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You just get these stupid kids that are like, let's go to the beach. Yeah. Like, Spring yeah. break. Yeah. I know it's insanity. No. But um, you know, that's what kids do. They're stupid. We were all stupid. We all thought like, what's the big deal? You right? Know? Yeah. Yeah. Those kids that are like, I think people are blowing this out of proportion. <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. It's just a cold. Just it's blow a, your nose and get on with it. It's a cold and it's only in people over six days. So. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So what's your, what are your days like together? It's the three of you over there right now? It's the three of us. Yeah. Um, well, we're on spring break right now. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the teacher talking right now? Like you guys that's, that's the teacher talking around spring break. No, but literally her school's on spring break. So we do have like, um, her school is doing kind of a remote thing where we're sort of homeschooling, but we follow the sort of um, protocol that they give us. Yeah. And then we get sort of check-in. So um, twice a week, we do like a big class Zoom meeting. So she gets to see her classmates and talk yeah. to her teachers. It's sweet and also heartbreaking and horrifying all at the same time. Yeah. Um, so and everything, then, everything every day. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. And um, so we do that. But so we kind of structure, so we normally not on spring break, we do a lot of like try and get her physical activity. So we do like a dance class or we do a yoga, you know, like a yoga YouTube thing or and then we do art time and then we try to get her to work on like letters and numbers, you know, and that never goes well. Um, <laughs> we're, we're doing a lot more screen time than we had anticipated. Like we usually don't let her have iPad and stuff like that, but like, the, what are you going to do? There's nothing we can do. Like no. if we want her to even look at, you know, the alphabet, it's got to be on an iPad. <laughs> or it's going to take every ounce of energy you have. Yeah, to create exactly. something to like exactly i mean really that's what's happening anyway every day it does take every ounce of energy because you have to she's five so she cool. needs constant kind of engagement 
and she's an only child, so that's even worse. Like she's just used to this kind of like. <laughs> and she also had that holiday in North Bay at last summer. There was like, oh, this is pretty great. That was like living the life. We right. really screwed ourselves. <laughs> we should have just like made that so boring for her, and we made yeah. it so exciting for her. Um, actually, speaking of North Bay, today we did um, a Zumba Zoom class from North Bay. So- I want to do. Will you send me a link? I that love, because yeah. I so want to do a Zumba and I've been scanning and I can't find, I want to do one of those. Oh, okay. We will. So when we were in North Bay, she used to take a Zumba class, a kid's Zumba class. Oh wait, with, is this for kids? <laughs> no, 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 no. Cause they do adults and kids. Okay, right? okay, okay. So Kendra was her teacher and she's been doing Zoom classes. So Sunny and I both together did her class this morning, um, which was super cute. It's a North Bay day. Actually, I just put her to bed. I hope she's asleep. I'm not sure if she is, but, um, and we read a Robert Munch story called Black Flies. It's all about oh, wow. black flies and mosquitoes. <laughs> so we're having like wow. I know we're having a totally Canadian night tonight. Did you um did you keep in touch with all the folks that you um reached out to when you were in North Bay? Um yeah, well we I mean the you one, made like a community for yourself. Like yeah, I feel like I you think, really I think probably because of Sunny too. Yeah, I think well, you know, obviously the people that we work with every day and you know, the actors and the producers and stuff, but also one of the actors, um, um Chris Farquhar, who plays Rafalski on the show, my husband, and he would hang out a lot with my daughter and his six-year-old daughter, Hannah. Um, so they would, you know, we, we FaceTime with them all the time. And nice. just with them all the time. And yeah. um, so one of the things when we worked on Carter, which I have to say, I'm su- I was such a fan of yours before. And then when I met you, I was like, oh no, I, I'm, you're just my kind of people. Like I remember, here's what I remember first of all, is we did that first scene and it was one of the most fun scenes I've ever had just because of the joy of that set. Mm-hmm. But I remember like our two characters had a little bit of conflict. And I remember you, right. you remember this? And they'd written yeah. it, like that we were kind of bitchy yeah. to each other. Mm-hmm. And I remember you going, hey, let's not do that. And I was yeah. like, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> like it was such a great, and I was so in awe of that kind of like forthrightness and, and power that I was like, I got to do that more when I'm not enamored with like because we can speak yeah. up anyway yeah. it was a really yeah. great moment for teaching moment for me oh I'm so glad well I'm yeah. not usually that forthright but you know they make it easy on that set I feel like for yeah. us to be able to do that you know what I mean but also I just sort of felt like I didn't think anybody was going to be offended but I sort of felt like that wasn't really right for the character at all no. for but my also why not like why yeah. not choose the other way why not choose yeah. that we're actually like what a jerk he is as opposed yeah. to don't we hate each other like exactly because we're the two girls in the room it's such a stupid cliche, yeah you know yeah, yeah. anyway yeah. so and then the other thing that i didn't even know until moments this week is that i'm lithuanian oh get out of town wait so you know i'm lithuanian yeah that did we talk about that no that? but i we didn't talk about that and that's usually my second lead in like hi my name is Naomi Sneakers I'm a Lithuanian I usually lead with that oh my god no, I, I don't I can't. <laughs> well I do so yeah <laughs> I'm confused but we should have you. looked at each other's round heads and gone wait All a right. second <laughs> yeah we're related on some level look at these come on these these cheeks don't come yeah, through I know Lithuanian um our inner debt our inner debt our inner <laughs> <laughs> really it's gonna be a really good interview <laughs> um our internet is a little uh iffy we we hi- hardwired everything when sunny was born instead of doing wi-fi which was a great idea at the time and turns out to be really a pain in the butt isn't it wild though how like essential it is right now like when our wife my father has wonky wi-fi in kingston i'm like i this is driving me crazy i can't oh yeah now especially because yeah be like your main mode of you know talking to him yeah imagine yeah um have you been to lithuania before i've never been no. do you have any connection to the country like with no. your mom did she ever like no she didn't and like all of her she's a very small family she doesn't have a lot of extended family and they were all in canada i don't know that they they had any connection right but it would be interesting to go have you ever been yeah we actually we were supposed to go this summer that we canceled that obviously but um I went yeah I went about 10 12 years ago how was it um super Lithuanian-y a <laughs> lot of a lot of moly people <laughs> a lot really? of women with moles like these kind of things right these moles <laughs> like I have very much so a couple of a lot of beards I'm just saying like that's okay. my future <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of female beards okay yeah. a lot of whiskers yeah. so but lovely people <laughs> yeah well you know it's cold there. They got to have a little protection from the elements. 
Yeah, no, that's why they need that. And the burgundy hair helps reflect what? Who knows? Who knows what that's for, but that's what it is. If my future is Lithuanian, I'm going to be a burgundy haired, bearded, moly woman. I don't really see that future. I mean, who knows? I mean, <laughs> if I stop there's looking so in the many, mirror. There's so many good electrolysis salons. There's so there. many good people like that. You're going to be okay. I mean, do you feel, because you've got all these different, like, because I have that in my, and my mom's British, and you've got Canadian, Lithuanian, Jewish, and American. Do you mm-hmm. have any kind of sense of that, like, playing a part in your personality, like, like feeling stronger towards one or the other? Hmm. Um, no, I don't feel stronger really towards one. Well, I guess maybe the part of my heritage that maybe I'm the most connected to would be the Bahamian side Mm -hmm. because, um, I grew up going there all the time and I have family that's there currently. One of my sisters lives on Cat Island, the island that my dad is from. So that's the strongest sort of, you know, ancestral pull that I have probably would be the Bahamas. Um, cause you went there all the time. Cause we went there all the time, yeah. you know, it wasn't really, and, and growing up, my grandparents were mostly here. Like my grandmother, who my mom was the closest to moved here to be with us. So, um, and my grandfather passed away when I was 13. So we didn't spend a lot of time in Canada really. Yeah. Um, and we never, obviously never went to Lithuania or Ireland or wherever else. I should do the 23 and me and see what, what's really know. up in there. I know. Do you really want to do that? That, that I don't, I don't, I know. I don't want to be like coded by the government. Like I'm in an archive somewhere, you know, that weirds me out. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm absolutely curious, but it does kind of weird me out to have that. Yeah. That that file somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Like what are they going to do with that? Yeah. Something I'm sure. Yeah. I have the same thing because we went to England a bunch. So I always feel like more of a connection to my British heritage because yeah. and like, like I grew up around my grandmother and grandfather. So they're Estonian. Oh. Um, and so did you grow up with your, like that, those, those family members close by? No. Well, my grandmother, when she would visit a lot when I was little and then she moved here probably when I was about maybe 12 or mm-hmm. 13, somewhere in like the early teen years. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, around that time was when my grandfather passed away. But my grandfather and my grandmother were divorced. So I had a step-grandpa, Art, who is the one who currently lives, I believe, in Edmonton. I should double check that. I, I'm not clear on any of my facts. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, what do you need to know? You need sunny, you know, need to know. You don't yeah, know like this little community we have right here is, you know, is, that's is all you need. as much as I can like contain right now. Yeah. Um, but... Um, so my grandma was around a lot. I didn't get to know my, my grandma, my grandpa and my mom, my real grandfather and my mom were estranged for many years. So he only came into my life probably when I was maybe 10 or 11. And then he passed away when I was like 13. So right. I only knew him for a few years. I didn't get to know him very well. Um, but my grandma was a big part of my life. Marie, she was a firecracker. Literally. Yeah. She yeah. was awesome. She had platinum blonde hair that she dyed, obviously. She was, you know, in her 80s at the end of her life, she was in her eighties, but it was always just this white platinum bob and she painted on a black mole and she wore red lipstick and she always had stilettos on, even with her nightgown in the morning when she was making pancakes. And oh my gosh. she was hilarious and funny and just such a cool lady. What was her first name? Marie. Marie, that's my middle name. Marie Banyan. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so what do you think, what, do you see like her traits in yourself at all? Um, I think so. A little bit, a little bit. Um, she's cooler than I am to be. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, maybe not the stiletto heels. Cause I don't know how comfortable those are for any yeah, purpose. I, please, I don't do those at all. That's not our jam, but no, not at all. Like, does, do you ever look at yourself and go, Oh, that's my grandmother. Um, I think sometimes with my sense of humor a little bit, I'll do that. Um, if I'm feeling particularly sassy that day, then I'll definitely be like, there's a little Marie in there, you know, she was just funny. And then towards the end, so she had Alzheimer's, which is really sad, but she had for the majority of the time that she was ill with it, she was actually pretty content and hilariously funny. And her favorite topic would be penises. That was one of her favorite things to talk about. And sometimes she would just say the craziest things. Like she came in, she came over to my house one day, and it was me and my sister, Anika, and my friend, Allison. And we're just sitting in the living room. We're chit-chatting. And she, all of a sudden, she looks around. And she goes, whose house is this? And Anika goes, this is Sydney's house. And she goes, mm. She nods her head. She goes, yep. She always was such a show-off. 
we died laughing. First of all, my house is cute, but it's definitely not like some showy, you know, it's like a 1600 square foot, like old little Spanish bungalow. It's adorable, but it's, you know, nothing showy. But the reaction of just like, mm-hmm, she was such a show up. I was like, oh my God. And she just would say these just outlandish, crazy things and always know she was getting a laugh from one of us, you yeah. know, and like yeah. do it on purpose, even in her state of mind that was not a hundred percent. She really was all about that laugh. She's yeah. so cute. Was she a performer? Like, no, but I think she wanted to be, but that wasn't the time, you no. know, it wasn't really an option for her. So I think she really wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you ever think that you'd be anything other than an actor? I don't know what she thought, to be quite honest. No, you, like, did you oh, ever think? I ever think I would be anything? Yeah. No, no. I kind of wish I had. I mean, I, Jesus. I just, like, I think that when you're brought up in it, because I have a lot of friends that have parents that are both actors, and I, I always think, like, the choice of not doing that was probably, like, a month. <laughs> like, a month of your yeah. childhood where you're like, maybe I'll become a doctor. Nah, I'll I just know. do this. Like, it's in I my know. blood. I know. It's weird. Although, I have sisters who didn't do it, you know? I have, I have a couple of sisters who didn't like weren't interested in it, but then mm -hmm. I have a couple, like there's definitely three of us who went for it and I'm the only one who stuck with it, but the other two kind of veered off into other things. Um, but no, I didn't, but man, like, why, why didn't I become something like a, like a veterinarian? I love animals. It's like a nice steady paycheck, but no, I had to be an actor. I did. I think also that if it's in like your makeup, like when you see your, your father and your mom getting that kind of attention it must be like I kind of want a piece of that yeah I think so I mean it's so hard to say I think part of it is really like a genetic thing there is sort of like this genetic drive you know um and yeah I did see that with my dad obviously a lot although growing up he was mostly retired when I was coming up so the majority of his career happened with his first four daughters um, that are, you know, there's a 20 year age gap between my four half sisters and my sister Anika and I. And, um, so when he, when we were young, he did like his first, his last sort of like big sort of chunk of films was the Uptown Saturday Night and that sort of trio. And that was when I was like two or three or something. Then he took a huge long break. He, he directed a few, like Stir, Stir Crazy was probably the last like big thing that he, he directed Stir Crazy, big thing that he did when I was probably seven or something. I forget exactly, but, um, but then it was kind of just home mostly. And he's such a private guy. They, they really just sort of kept us away from the fray of that whole thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I view my upbringing as different from a lot of the Hollywood kids, even though we, I, I saw them, we grew up in the same city, but somehow, I don't know, it just feels different. And my dad, I mean, he's a legend, all of that stuff, but he sort of had like took us. <laughs> he's just a legend anyway, <laughs> just or whatever. He's one of those, you know? Yeah. Um, but he, he really took us, he just, I don't know. He took a step back from it and spent his time kind of with the family. And um, we didn't do a lot of that stuff. We really yeah. didn't. Did you I want mean, to? Mm, yeah. I mean, every once in a while we would get invited to something cool. Like we did go to the Oscars when I was 13, I think it was. And of course I wanted to go. I was so excited to go. We, we always begged him for, you know, to go to a movie premiere or something like that. And he would take us sometimes, you know, yeah. but um, it was not really his jam and it wasn't, just wasn't really his thing, you know? Yeah. So, you know, our upbringing was just like maybe a little bit more sheltered and he's just, they're just, my parents are um, just down to earth good people they're just not into the they're just not into hollywood in the way that other other people are i guess yeah i don't know yeah no i can imagine that like watching him too it, it either like dispelled any kind of like i don't know like magical unrealistic view of what this career is and just made it real yeah well it's too it's twofold it's almost like i mean there's a couple things at play so yes on one front I don't understand anybody that covets fame. I do not understand it. I'll never understand it. And why is that? Why do you, th why do you um, not understand it? I that? guess because I grew up in it, um, that I 
don't see the appeal of it. I mean, honestly, I think if anything, it's hard and it's kind of scary and it's weird to have people coming. And we grew up in a completely different time. There were not like hordes of paparazzi chasing us around, but we would go to into an airport and a hundred people would ask him for a picture or an autograph or want to tell him, you know, how much they loved him. And that's a beautiful thing and it's lovely, but it's also very overwhelming to, not for my dad, he's built for it. And he's, you know, his, his path was definitely pre predestined or preordained, you know, he's walking the path he was meant to walk. But I think for a lot of people, they get that kind of attention and either it's overwhelming or they find it's not as fulfilling as they think it's going to be. I don't harbor any of those delusions at all. No, you're very grounded. I don't, I mean, I've never got the sense of you having any kind of Hollywood upbringing, like, even though that was what you had. But I do think like, there's a, there's a possibility, there's possibility of going both ways. Like there's some people, I think even as kids, when they see a a glimmer of it, they're like, I want that. Now I'm going to chase it. And for something in your makeup, you went, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I wonder where you get that from. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think, I mean, again, I obviously am chasing it on some level, but I'm chasing more the work. I would love to have more work. I would love to do more work and, and play more roles. And I like that part of it. And I like for my work to be appreciated by other people, you know, that's its own sort of separate thing. But then there are, I mean, I think there's different kinds of actors, you know, I think there's actors that want that they want the experience of stepping into somebody else's shoes. They want to play those parts and it's more about the work. And then there are actors that are um, just performative in general, their nature is performative and they want to be, whether it's they go to a party and they want to be the center of attention they want to be a movie star. I mean, there really is a personality that is geared towards that, the Tom Cruises of the world or the JLo's of the world or the whatever. And that's fine too. I think that's just sort of intrinsically their nature. That's not my nature. I would, I would much rather hide behind a character. Like I have zero interest in being the center of attention at a party or something like that. That's just not my sort of way. Um, So I do want some version of it. I just... I don't chase the, um, like the bells and whistles of, well, I'll take that back. There's, I I like to make a good living. Sometimes it's nice to get a a reservation at a restaurant, which I only get because I have his exact name. So when I call to make a reservation, they think of him, what can I do? Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, that must lead to so many, that's a sitcom waiting to be written for sure. it It totally is. I know. It's actually really it's actually kind of sad because sometimes the look of disappointment (laughs) is like, is so heartbreaking. So sometimes I will preface it. I'll just be like, just so you know, you know, I don't want you to get too sad, but man, but one time I had to work, it was one of my early jobs and I was in Australia for three months. I was away from home. I was so far away from home and I was, um, you know, just really nervous. And I, you know, I get there and, I check into the hotel and you could just see oh. faces that they were not <laughs> expecting me at all. Oh and gosh. they were just like, um, and I saw the, I saw the hotel, um, the bell clerk, whatever, kind of like looking over at her manager, like, um, uh, like not sure what to do. I'm like, sorry. I, I sort of explained it, but I figured out what it was when they took me to my room. I had this massive oh. suite. They gave me like the nicest suite in the hotel. So I'm working with like Mary Steenburgen and John Voight and they all have these like regular size <laughs> rooms. And I have this huge room. John Voight came into my room to like go over lines. He's like, how did you get this room? And I was like, listen, man, this is, I, and obviously they felt bad taking it away from me once I was there. Well, they can't really go be like, oh, I, I beg know. your pardon. Those keys aren't for you. <laughs> I mean, they could have. I think that's what she was sort of trying to like eyeball the guy like, oh shit, do I give her this room? I don't oh know. Oh my gosh. Um, but you know what? I really enjoyed the room. It was lovely. Every <laughs> once in a while, you get a perk like that. Um, so that's nice. But sure. um, you know, I mean that you, you're only human. Like we like, human, yeah. like when you talk about being valued, we all have different ways of feeling being valued, whether it's like getting a nice room or a reservation or whatever yeah. it is. Like, There's a level of respect, but you also happen to know that that respect is entirely based on something that has nothing to do with you too, which yeah. is a, a, annoying at times as well. I also feel like you have more of an artist's pursuit. Yeah. Like I, I do feel like you, like I looking at the roles that you, you choose or that choose you, depending on where you're at, 
Like they are sort of roles that challenge a different level of your actor. Yeah. Like, and I, you don't seem to play the same. Like I, I, there's not a lot of similarities between your characters, which is right. really a fun, I don't know. It must be a fun ride to be on. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if maybe it's worked out that way, I, I would, um, I certainly want it to be that way. I definitely want to play characters. I don't want to play the same thing over and over. And I, um, again, look more for, I'd love to just have a, a steady sort of, creatively fulfilling career than a you know massively hugely successful yeah career well, why do you think you are an artist what what do you think led you to being being like choosing that career um i think again i sort of think it may, maybe it's that there's a genetic component i think i'm a extremely um empathic sensitive person and so it's natural to me to put myself in the shoes of some it just it's easy for me and and comes naturally um and sort of seems like a fit to my temperament i guess a way to sort of utilize the aspects of my personality um creatively it just has always been that way and and yeah since I guess far back as I can remember. Did you ever have a moment like when work was not as frequent as you wanted it to be, to be like, that's it. Um, that's my daily life. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is the thing. When I have these, there's a couple of consistencies that happen when I have these discussions. One of them is that, that no, no matter where your career is at, whether it's a beginning, middle or not end, but like later on, yeah, it's, you're always like pursuing the option and the ability to work because that's what we want to do. We want to have a chance to stretch our muscles. Yeah. So, yeah. But I, I mean, can you do anything else? <laughs> can you? That's the problem. I mean, like I sort of wish I had cultivated some other talents earlier on because it's tough, man. I mean, especially now cause I'm a mom. So I have a child to take care of and I have a, my husband is a musician. That's not a steady gig either. So yeah. we're always scrambling, you know, we're always trying to figure it out. And um, I mean, I'm thinking about doing some writing and just sort of some other sort of creative pursuits, but um, it's tough. Being an actor is not for the faint of heart. And quite frankly, it's so frustrating because it's not for the thin skinned and I am a thin skinned person. I know. You know? What were we thinking? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, and ironically, it's what makes you good at good at this job is being thin skinned, but it makes you terrible for the business of it, you know? It makes you so, terrible for the for the the journey of it, which can be really hard for some people. So what skills have you cultivated to to get thicker skin? I mean, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> Right. Well, of course. Yeah. Uh, um, well, I don't know, man. I don't know that I've managed to cultivate. Well, I haven't written. My skin is not thicker. It's thin, 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 paper thin, yeah. but I've managed to build um, some, you know, sort of, I've, I've, I've strapped pillows to my arms and my legs and my body. And, you know, I've built up some armor and therapy is very helpful. Yeah family and friends, just talking to people about it, having a spiritual practice of some sort. For me, that's just going out into nature and just being among the trees and taking a walk. I mean, that really is my go-to for coming back to center or if I'm really spinning out about mm -hmm. work, especially, which happens all the time. So I'll go and I'll take a really long walk at my favorite spot where I hike. Um, and, that, and what does that do for you? Like that, does that sort of bring you back to the world? It brings me, yeah, it brings me back to the world. It calms me down. It reminds me that it's not everything and it's not as important as I'm making it. Um, and it just, and also reminds me that there is in some, on some level, in some spiritual way, you have some amount of control. You know, you don't have a lot of control, but you have a, at least the control to sort of place your focus where you want it to be. And generally when I'm, spinning out about something I'm focusing on all of the negatives about it you know I'm worrying I'm never going to work again I'm not, you know we're going to starve what are we going to do you know I'm doing all of that to myself um and none of that is true um and none of it you know you can't even forecast into the future what really I mean because you tomorrow you could get a job and then that's it and everything is changed and it's you know so it just brings me back from spinning out like that and kind of gets me a little bit more centered. So I'm not so freaked out about it. And then I'll be fine for a while. And then two days later, I'm back hugging a tree being like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, 
help me not feel this way, you know? It's yeah. just the way it is. But I think in this crisis that we're having now too, it sort of brings everything into perspective. It's like, nobody can do anything. We can't be on set doing what we do. Everybody's home, everybody's, and quite frankly, it's, it, there is some, I mean, I know it's horrible what's happening and it's terrifying and people are losing their jobs and I'm in a very privileged position that I'm, we have enough money in the bank at this moment. At this moment. At this yeah. moment. We've had times where we haven't and thank God this didn't happen at one of those times because the stress level would be astronomical and I feel for the families that are dealing with that. Um, but, you know, we are okay. We're not going to starve and, um, and it's, it's sort of nice to just be home and be with my family. And it's off the table. Work is off the table. Currently. Yeah. Just not happening. Although I did have to put an audition on tape last night, which was so weird because I'm like, for what people? Like, I don't yeah. think we're going to be doing anything. I don't either. I mean, it is stretching our brains a bit to being like, okay, so what, what will the world look like in six months? If yeah. we're still not working, how will we be how creative? I know we make money, all those things. I know it's crazy. I mean, I think this business will not stay shut down for that long. I think by July, things will be up and running. That's my guess. I mean, even if it's like they have to figure out a way to do it or they have to pay out the wazoo and insurance liability, I don't know how they make it work. Cause I don't either. What do you do if like your lead actor dies midway through? Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that, that legitimate risk at this point. It's a very strange time. It's a very strange time. Yeah. How's your daughter handling it all? Sunny dealing. You know, does she even know or does she think it's a holiday? <laughs> she thinks it's a little bit of a holiday. She thinks, you know, the way that we talk about it with her is just there's a there's a virus like a cold, a bad cold or a flu is how we say. Like when you get sick and you get a fever and it's going around and it's very dangerous for the older people. So we sort of want to keep everybody at home right now because, you know, we go over to I go over to my parents' house and once, you know, my mom will get extra eggs and offer them to us. So she'll leave them out on the porch and I'll pick them up and she'll want to come with me and I'll say, you can't really see Nona right now because yeah. it's hard, but they FaceTime all the time. Um, but we're keeping it. She's not freaked out about it. She's starting to notice that everybody's wearing masks and gloves. So today I went to go pick up groceries and she, I was leaving the house. She said, wait, mama, take this mask. And she grabbed one of her like little like play doctor masks she has from her playroom. She's like, you need to wear the mask because of the virus. And I was like, oh babe, I'm fine. It's going to be okay. And you know, you keep that one for you. But, um, so she's not, you know, it's so heartbreaking. I, I just don't want this to be like traumatizing for these children. You know? Well, I mean, it's part of their, their upbringing now. I know. You know now that's what you know, that's the world that we're in. It's, it is it's wild. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. I really, the part of it is the sad thing also, also is that they can't um, interact with each other and play with each other yeah. and hug each other and like jump on each other. And, you know, she's not used to that. It's like she went from having days at school, jumping around and playing with 20 other kids or 22 other kids to she also She's too grown on a screen. Yeah. Just yeah. me. Exactly. <laughs> poor child. I mean, we do our best, but we do not compare to, you know, her friends at school. It's hard, you know, it's hard. So you're, are you, you said you're steering towards a little bit of writing. Is that something that this time of our world has taught you or just because you, you're like, I, I need to keep creative. I need to keep creative. I also have been doing it for years actually with just sort of um, toying with it and doing stuff for myself and writing things. I, I've just been reluctant to be rejected in another oh, no. yeah another <laughs> format for you to you know say I mean? no to me <laughs> yeah exactly so I just haven't really like put myself out there with it because I'm like listen I just there's only so much one person I, can take you that's know? such a truthful thing to say whenever I get blocked with something I think I have to realize that it's it's fear of course like yeah. why haven't I worked on that script oh because I don't want to have another person look at that script and go this also isn't very good. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Like I need that. Yeah. 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 So, and then looking back, I'm, I mean, as I said, I think your resume is so diverse too. I love like, and I love that I met you through Carter and seeing you in this like really calm, like character that's really level headed because yeah. I'm like, because you play that so well. And I think that's so hard, like containing all the things into yeah. that kind of focus, I feel is like, it's a real challenge for me anyway. <laughs> but then like you did play those like scatterbrained or like sassy 
people. Has there been um, a credit on your resume that you're most proud of, that you most like felt like you went the distance for? Yeah, um, probably death proof. I mean, I what's that not one. to love, you know what I mean? I got to be this badass, cool chick who, you know, I have elements of her to me, but I'm not in general a badass culture. I mean, I am in some ways. I mean, don't not, we all have everything? Like, yeah, isn't a little bit of badass that you totally. play? If you, if you tap into it, then... If, yeah, if you're playing it, you've got it in you for sure. Um, but it was just nice to embody that. And of course, to work with Quentin was such a dream. And, you know, the whole experience was awesome. But she was like a legitimate... It was a real character. You know, I, I before we even started, I did a whole radio show that I put on tape and gave... He, it was Quentin's idea did a whole radio show that I put on tape and gave to him. And I just, I spent so long kind of getting into that character leading up to it. And then even when we got there, there was a whole, almost a month worth of rehearsals just before we even started. Wow. Yeah. Just was, like Carter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did. We actually did. You guys we, did have rehearsals. We did. We yeah. did. We had like a week or something. Two, yeah. no, two. I can't remember. That's lux luxurious. It's so great. It never happens. And it's yeah. such a, such a gift and um so yeah I would say that's the one um that I just I also was playing so against type I'm usually cast as you know the sweet girl the lovely girl next door or whatever it is you know or it's funny because after I did death group then it was always the it was always the tough cop after yeah. that because they now people sort of saw me in a I don't know a tougher light or whatever but prior to that it was always like the sweet girl, you know. The... Yeah. But what do you think changed for that audition then? Because if you usually present yourself and people categorize you as that, what do you think he saw that was like, oh no, she's got? Oh, that. well, no, I know what he saw. I, I mean, I know what it was. It's that. <clears throat> so generally speaking, when you walk into an audition, this is what makes it so tricky is they want the person to walk in. Yeah. They want whoever they're looking for to be that person in life, in general, in every aspect. Um, and I have a hard, I have a really hard time sort of putting on the character as my personality. I will do it the minute, you know, we start rolling on the audition, but it's really hard for me to like, like I, it would have been really hard for me to walk in as jungle Julia, an arrogant, you know, narcissistic, badass bitch and just be like yeah what's up Quinn and like, do my audition you know what I mean yeah. like, that, wasn't, that wasn't really gonna happen but the difference is Quentin and it's funny because he actually said this to me he said you know we had this conversation about this exactly he's like I, I first of all he had me in mind for the role before I even had the role because he had auditioned me twice before once for Kill Bill, for the Vivica Fox character, and then for, I think it was Criminal Minds, he, he directed the season finale or something, I went in for that. So when he wrote the character of Jungle Julia, he, ha he was thinking about me already. So I didn't know it at the time, but he said it was my part to, lo to lose, basically. I could either come in and do, do well and get it, or I could come in and fuck it up and lose it. Um, but he also said that he wants an actor. He doesn't want the person to be that he doesn't want the character to be the personality of the person he wants to see somebody come in and give him a performance he likes good acting so that doesn't happen very often directors don't look for that very often they just want the security of knowing that you are that character and so they can sort of relax a little bit because somehow it's going to come across on screen whether you're a good actor or not it's going to sort of be portrayed um, and that's not what he looks for. That's not what Quentin looks for. Quentin is a actor's director. He wants to see an actor and the acting is important to him. He doesn't want me to just come in and be my personality, you know? But you couldn't so, have known that. I didn't know that, no. but I got very lucky. Yeah. That's how it was, you know? And then his idea was that you would do this radio show in order to like research and prepare for her just get, yeah, voice? Just get into, yeah, just get into character, find her DJ voice, which really helped me find the character voice. And that was super helpful. Do you often do that much research for your roles? It depends on the role, you know, for something like Death Proof, yes. Um, but a lot of times, you know, I get the cop role like I do on Carter or the whatever. And then you just get, like you just get her. Yeah. Well, it's just, there, there's not that much, generally speaking, there's not that much 
there, I hate to say, usually, you know, I think in the second season of Carter, they kind of, um, they did flesh out Sam a lot more and gave her a little bit of something. But in the first season, she was sort of just foiled to Jerry's, you know, crazy comedy energy. And um, she was sort of just there to sort of move the story along. But it wasn't, there wasn't like a, a lot of character development. So the things that you research are, you know, they send you to, you know, shoot some guns with a cop or how you, you know, holster your gun and stuff like that, which I had already done all that because I've been on Chicago PD, which is the same thing. You know, you sort of, there's a formula and a template to these procedural shows on TV. So you kind of just know how to do it. Um, so you just do it. There's, I, I wish there was more, you know, I wish, I wish, and sometimes there is, you know, sometimes it's like monk or closer where there's, it's more of like a character driven version of the procedural. Um, but that, that's not very often. But Carter is sweet because I really like the show because it's, um, it is more about the relationships between the characters than it is about the, you know, procedural aspect of the show or whatever, you know, sort of procedural storyline we ha have for each episode. I mean, that's why I think you've got, like, I think that there are actors that are like, I don't, this is not the right way to say it, but like artist actors and then there's like product actors. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, cause I crave that kind of director that comes up and goes, let's talk about what's happening in the oh, scene, totally, which yeah. never happens. I know. It's more like, let's talk about what we're ordering for lunch. Let's talk about the shot. I need you to yes. be in this spot. Yeah. This I need thing. this. Yeah. It's not really about the performance or the. Yeah. And I remember there's been a couple of times when I've worked with directors that have stopped and been like, Oh, let's just talk about this. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't I realize <laughs> you have a director. <laughs> yeah, it's such a treat. It is. But, a treat. Uh, and I think about that because because I I used to do a lot of theater, and I wonder if you have ever thought about going into more theater because that is such a theatrical. yeah. You know what the thing is with theater? I so I started. I went to NYU, so it's sort of yeah. you're being trained in theater. Um, I just don't have the nervous system for it, and as I get older, it's just too. It's too much of a drain. Stressful. Yeah, yeah, it's too stressful for me. Like maybe if there were, if I, you know, if I was at a different level in my career and somebody offered me some short run of something awesome that you couldn't turn down. But honestly, I just, I don't know that I have the stamina for it right now. I just, you know, being a mom to a five-year-old and I just think I would implode with that level of stress. I mean, you probably wouldn't. You'd, you'd figure it out because you're a smart person. But yeah. I think it's, it is, I think that's a really fair thing to say. Like, what level of stress do we need in our life these days? Yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, as you get older too, you just sort of go, do I really want to put myself through that? There are some people that it's like Jerry is a perfect example. Yeah. I mean, for him, it is fuel. It is oh, like, boy. It just energizes him. He loves it. Like put that boy on a stage, uh, any kind of stage with an audience and he is healthier and happier for it. Yeah. And then there's somebody well, he like was just in, would, on, in New York, right? He was just doing, um, yeah, he was doing a soldier, soldier's play. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, you know, I wish I was built for it because the work there is the work that I want. Right. The kind of thing that I really want. I'm just, I'm just physically not built for it. At, at, yeah. Not at this stage in my life, you know? No, I mean, I understand. I understand that as well, because especially our careers are so stressful that you're like, why am I choosing yet another thing that's going to make me stressed? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything that you, um, that you haven't done yet? I mean, I know there's a lot of things you haven't done yet, but is there anything that you're like, I, I need to do because it's part of my, my makeup that I need to do this next, whether it's a role or part of our, part of our business? Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I need to have more, I would love to do some more comedy stuff. I don't get a step at that very often, yeah. which is such a bummer. And I would really like to do more of that. Um, you know, I started very early on with a lot of drama in my career. And so I'm always sort of seen that way. Um, I did for a brief moment headline a, a comedy show called Abby. Yeah, I saw clips of that. Yeah. yeah. And you've got such great rhythm. Like I feel like it's within your bones to have comedy accessible to you. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just a matter of like people, you know, getting into the right rooms for that kind of a thing. And so yeah. I would like to do more of that. But really I just want to do more good work, whatever it is, drama, comedy, just character driven, interesting work that's creatively fulfilling to me. I yeah. really crave doing more of that. And I would like to write and I would like to maybe produce some things, would like to sort of go behind 
behind the camera and just be maybe part of creating um, that good work. I just would you ever direct? I don't know. I've thought about it. I don't. That seems also just like pretty stressful. <laughs> it looks so stressful, and they don't get lunch. Well, so they don't why? get anything. Yeah. And not only that, when you wrap, they just go on and keep going, and then it's yeah. like editing, and it's months long. Of you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe if I was on a show and I did like one episode, I could sort of test the waters, but you yeah. also really love being in charge too, because you were in charge of hundreds of people and you have to make very snap decisions all day long. And I'm, it's not really, that's not really my jam. Like I, I want to sort of introvert and get into a story and a character and a, you know, if there was some way to sort of like direct some very small character driven piece where it's just like me and the actors and like a very small crew yeah that you sounds know? fun yeah. or you just do like a scene in a kitchen like that yes. great scene in divorce with adam driver and scarlett i have I, marriage story marriage story. i like how you called it spoiler <laughs> <laughs> alert sorry I mean, I mean, totally <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, it is about divorce, so that's a logical, logical <laughs> that's thing right. to call it. <laughs> um, it's such a good scene. When you see, you haven't seen it yet. I haven't but seen it. But they spent, I think they said they spent like three days rehearsing that scene. But like what that, a that, golden. That's what I want to do. Oh, God. Yeah. That's just the yeah. dream. The freaking dream. So um, do, you, do you, are you where you thought you would be in this, in this chapter of your life with your No. Career? Are you kidding me? Please stop. No. <laughs> no. For any of us? No, I guess not. No. I mean, I really never thought I would still be a like struggle. I mean, I still consider myself a struggling actor because even being on Carter, we have no guarantee of the third season. You know, we got lucky we got a second season. I don't think there's gonna be a third, but I don't know, you know. So I always sort of consider myself a struggling actor, but now I'm a struggling actor and a mom with responsibilities that are much heavier than they were. Um, and I really thought, no, I did not expect to be here. Um, not that I'm complaining because I'm a, you know, I'm a working actor and I, I'm able to take care of myself and I'm super grateful for that. But I, I, it is not what I expected, if I'm being completely honest. I think it's interesting because I remember, I remember working on a play and it was with, like in Canada, it was with somebody that was like a really, uh, acclaimed actress and I remember thinking like oh I gotta send out postcards to get into the next season and I looked over and she was also writing postcards and I was like what why are you why are you doing that you're established why are you doing that and she's like you got to do this you got to keep people and it kind of woke me up to the idea that we'll never stop yeah. like the hustle will never stop yeah and that's the tricky part is like yeah. I'm not a great hustler I'm a I'm a good actor and I'm uh I'm a very good person to work with, but I'm not a good hustler. And I have friends that are brilliant hustlers and they're very successful, you know? And what do you think it takes to be a good hustler? Um, <laughs> Besides a good dance routine. Oh God, what makes a good hustler? Well, there's a couple of things. Like I have a friend who is such a good hustler, but the truth is it's intrinsic to her. She's authentically being who she is. She just is a hustler. She's just somebody who her she is um she is sort of energized and and emboldened by making connections with other people and she gravitates towards successful people and she's sort of just in the mix all the time um but she's she's real about it like I, you can always spot an inauthentic hustler <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I know some inauthentic ones too who are crazy successful. So the answer to your question is I don't know what makes a good hustler other than for some it's 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 part of their nature, it's intrinsic yeah. to them. For others who have to sort of cultivate the hustle, I guess I would just say the one thing that I never gave credence to was, you know, they say like relationships are important and you should be cultivating those and putting yourself out there and I never really listened to that kind of thing or believed in that kind of thing. I don't know. I just, I, oh, I guess because I grew up the daughter of somebody very famous, maybe I just never felt comfortable with the idea of cultivating a relationship with somebody because they could maybe do something for you at some point. Yeah. 
Um, but that just seems like, that doesn't seem like your makeup, you know, like you're not approaching things from a place of like, what can you do for me? But you're proving yourself through your, your work. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, the truth is though, there's such an element to that hustle that is a huge, it's, it's, I mean, I want to, I want to say over the years of doing this and just observing, I feel like it's, it's more than 50% of well, especially now with social media being yeah. at our fingertips. So we have the power to well, actually do our own PR. Exactly. So that's a perfect example. I'm not really active on social media. I do have an Instagram account. I have a Twitter account that I barely post to. Um, I started most of them because a show asked me to start them. It's not in my nature to want to be on social media. Um, I don't, you know, I don't post pictures of Sunny on, uh, well, I have a private one for like family and friends just so they can see her and mm-hmm. stuff. And I'll post on there, but like everyone, <laughs> like Jerry, he's like, you need to put Sunny on your Instagram page. Do you know how many, do you know how many followers you're going to get? Do you know how many likes you're going to get? I'm like, it's just, I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. But you have to find a way of doing it that's okay for you. Like, like yeah. the way Jerry is with his social media, I adore because it's, it's him. Like it's it is his, his jokes, yeah. it's his comedy. Yeah. And then when I see somebody that's like, oh, obligatory selfie, I'm like, that's right. not your, just stop it. Nobody's yeah. buying it. <laughs> the selfies make me yeah. so comfortable. Yeah. It's crazy. I just, unless it's like, I mean, unless it's true to you. Like if you're, if, yeah. if, if you, Sydney, did a selfie and you did a like, like, I'm doing this for a show because they asked me to. Like, that would right. be very authentic. Right, yeah. Like, I, I would, would probably do some version of that. And I have done the occasional selfie. But, um, yeah, it's hard to find that. I mean, I just sort of wish we didn't have to do it at all, you know. I, I wish we could go back to, like, the 90s where it was, like, the, the, you know, the actor who valued their privacy was still you know, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Working all the time, you know. It's Let's work for Richard thing. Simmons. What do you mean? Well, because he went into hiding, so he's and his fame is still strong, and he's, so. and he's more popular than ever. He's never, never been more popular. <laughs> Maybe you should just go into hiding. And but the, like, but the trick is, you have to be really famous to begin with, and gotcha. then go into hiding. Okay. I have to like get to a certain level, and then I can go into hiding. And maybe that. Will I'm going to go into hiding, and people are like, who is she? <laughs> like, care that? Wait, what? Hide, what hide. About? <laughs> Knock yourself out, sneak us, go hide away. <laughs> I would miss you. I'd be super sad. Oh. My final question I usually wrap it up with is uh, what would you tell your younger self as advice to be the person you are today? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, well, I would definitely tell my younger self not to worry as much as she did because it's impossible. It's impossible. I know it's like pointless advice, but I would say everything's okay. You don't have to worry so much and so hard. Um, I would probably advise her to get her hustle game a little stronger. I would, um, you know, that it's not really just about talent and art and it's not, you know, there's a business here. Um, but I didn't grow up in a family that dealt with that. You know, I mean, I, I had a dad that had a lightning in a bottle kind of a career and it was for him entirely focused on, the work and the art and what he could contribute. It was never, um, the business side of it was not important to him in that way. And so I wasn't taught that. I really wasn't, you know, I was probably taught the opposite, which is no, you put your head down, you become as good an actor as you can be and you focus on the work and that's it. Everything else you just let fall by the wayside. That's not really how the business operates today or maybe ever did. I don't know. You know, sometimes you get a really, you get lucky. Um, so I would, I would probably tell her there's some stuff you're not going to want to do and you probably need to get a little bit better at doing it. Um, I would say, I would also tell her to have a good community, a good, strong community around her of of support because it it can be a challenging road, um, which I, I did, I do have, so I'm lucky in that regard. Yeah. you, You, your trio over there seems pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, it it's pretty lovely to see and to watch how you all work with Sunny and how oh, she works with you. She's like a little bit of magic, like that little kid. Yeah, she's pretty I extraordinary. I know it's crazy. She's such a dream. Yeah, so cute. She's so funny. The things that come out of her mouth are just like I feel like she actually she's one of those kids that actually believes in fairies. Oh, 
a hundred percent. Yeah, no, no. I mean, for any kids listening to that, I mean, for realsies, there are fairies, but well, yeah, obviously, yeah, no, of course, for sure, of course, yeah, um, it does. Yeah, but that's up to you, like you, <clears throat> you two, like you create that kind of beautiful place to expand your imagination. It's it's extraordinary. Yeah, we definitely try, and we try to cultivate a world where she can hold on to that kind of thing, and she can. We want her to feel free to just be herself I mean that's we don't want to put any pressure on her about it but like we want her to hold on to that thing where she doesn't have a lot of self-consciousness now that she's five she's we're, we're starting to see it come in you know she's monitoring her own behavior against the other kids at school we can see it happening and we knew it was going to happen but like just to allow her to fully embody herself on every level in every way and just see how that would be, you know, try and take that as far as we can. But she's just, she's so special. And what what qualities do you see in her that are yours? She's very empathic as well. And she's conscientious, very conscientious about people's feelings. And um, she's just loving and sweet. And um, yeah. remember so she like, she and I became fast friends on set. She yeah. was so sweet. She was like, like already we we're just hanging out. And I was like, oh. I know she's such she's a sweetie pie. Yeah. Yeah. She's a sweetheart. Well, I know she'll probably wake up at five, six. What's her wake up call? Oh, I wish. Yeah, no, she will, but she'll wake up before that. There'll be multiple calls throughout <laughs> the night. So the first one will start at like midnight and she'll do a little, she'll do a little onset work and then you know, we'll go, we'll go back to rest time and then she'll get up again at like four and then she'll be up at seven, like six thirty-seven. Well, I so appreciate this time from you. <laughs> oh, I know yeah. that you're stretched thin, so I really appreciate having some oh, no. chat time nice. with you. No, it was so nice to talk to you. And I, sorry if I was not that well prepared because I didn't. Yeah. You didn't know about your life very well. <laughs> it was really, it felt like you were just making it up. Sydney. Uh, <laughs> God. Well, uh, there are times when I'm much wittier and more eloquent, but you know, it's been, it's no, no. Been we'll interesting fix that in post. Dude, we'll fix that in post. We'll okay. Add the sprinkle of that. <laughs> okay. no, you're fantastic. I think you're the moment I met you, I just found that you're just such a real person and it, you know, this business can be tricky and I so appreciate finding those, yeah. those people. So I really, uh, I'm happy to have you in my life. Oh, well, thank you. Likewise. I feel the same about you and you know, I love your husband too. He's, he's okay. He's awesome. He's so funny. Oh, I'm just so happy to have time to catch up with her. I mean, it's Zoom, but I'll take that. I'll take catching up with that dynamo any way, any day. She's amazing. You can follow Sydney at Sydney Poitier Heartsong on Instagram. And then while you're over there, why don't you follow us at Firecracker D-E-P-T? I can imagine. I mean, I don't have kids. I have a dog that sleeps a lot. He's getting into that stage of his life where he just sleeps a lot. But I can imagine being a parent right now during all of this is probably really, really challenging. So... We over at the Firecracker Department have been trying something new to give parents a little bit of a break and give the kids a little bit of a break too. Our very first FDTV segment, that's Firecracker Department TV. Yeah, that's happening. It's called Naomi Gets Schooled. I go on live Facebook with a sparkler, that's a mini firecracker, and this little sparkler teaches me something. It's the most fun. I just love it. It's new every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific time or 6 p.m. Eastern time. And I have so far learned how to make slime badly, drawn anime mm, somewhat successfully, uh, whipped up some frothy coffees. Oh, there's so many more guests coming up every week and I just can't wait. Uh, it's really, it's a really good time. Today I learned how to do some cheerleading. Really painful, that's what I learned. Shoot us a message at Firecracker D-E-P-T and let us know what your little sparkler would like to teach me. I'd love to have them on as a guest. And just so you know, it doesn't always go perfectly because here's the thing. I don't know how to do a lot of these things, but it's fun learning and it's fun just being human and not being perfect. So check it out. You can watch past episodes or lessons. I'm putting quotes around that on the Facebook members group. And you can look forward to seeing all of them in the future on our YouTube channel because we've got some great things coming up and I can't wait to share them with you. Hey folks, I just want to let you know that there is something for everyone within the Firecracker department. And if you're not already part of our Firecracker members group over on Facebook, why not? You should be. It's super fun and it sort of is our central hub for connecting with each other 
And there's so many amazing people like you. It's kind of like what I say is, these are your people. Come and find us. This is where you'll hear about what's going on in all the departments and also meet some fabulous firecracker people from all over the world. So get in on that action. Mondays are FDTV. That's Firecracker Department Television. Wednesdays are, for the comedy department, Twitter Takeover. So go on over there for some laughs and to find out about comedians from all over the world that we support. The after show comes out on Thursdays during the day and then in the evening we have a writing group that meets on Thursday. So you can be part of that as well. Come one, come all. Friday nights we kick off the weekend with a living room dance party over on Zoom and then Sundays we do a community brunch on Zoom so everybody can come, meet some of your people, hang out, and then pop over to our wellness department for an amazing meditation live on Instagram and Facebook. So I'm telling you, we're busy and there's something for you. There's a department and a seat for everyone at the firecracker table. You just have to pull up a chair because really we've been waiting for you. So come on in and join the community. Stay in the loop and subscribe to our newsletter at firecrackerdepartment.com. I'm really glad you're here. Big, huge, massive, gigantic, big-hearted thank you to the whole Firecracker team. Oh my gosh, everyone who are in Los Angeles, Toronto, Vancouver, and all the way over in the UK. And we've got some Firecrackers that are humming over in New York or hoping to start a chapter over there as well. Thank you to the core members that really make everything work. They're incredible, incredible people. Remember the after show for this episode comes out on Thursday and you'll be able to meet a couple of the core members through that. And then we're gonna do a whole new episode on Tuesdays. Yeah, we don't stop. Cause we know that this stuff is important. It gives folks platforms for your voices, for your stories. And thanks to you for taking the time to listen. Cause you know what? There's a lot of options out there and there's a lot of information. So we're really thrilled that you chose us. Let us know what you're working on. Let us know how we can help. Cause I always say we're one better if you're here. And we'll see you next time on the Firecracker Department. I'm Naomi, bye.